All right, Jerry Mace, the kicking lawyer. <laughs> we got. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us for another law talk. And this one is live. Josh is basically making me a liar because I had commented on how I wasn't going to do these live anymore, and then he's like, "Mace, why take so long to upload the video?" So uh, instead of pre-recording this one, we're going to go ahead and do it live so it's up today on Tuesday. Anyway, I hope everybody's good. If you haven't, please like, follow, subscribe to the content. We're on all social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff, uh, Facebook, uh, and TikTok. That's Josh's favorite. We're on TikTok. You can see him do all the dances. Just go check us out on TikTok. Um, N.A. The Band has an album inside my head out. Local guys, please support them. The album is free. All you have to do is download it wherever you listen to music. Michelle Allen is our longtime sponsor of the show. If you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, she'd be glad to help you out. Just visit Michelle Allen. Also, good lady, good community uh, servant, and uh, you know we're a big fan of her too. And of course, High Octane Martial Arts has been in Covington for 30 years, and we just opened a second location in Millington, Tennessee. You can visit MasonsMartialArts.com and learn to kick people in the face and stuff there. It's great. And then new business I'm doing is Jam Books and Records. Hopefully that's going to be open by the end of this month. That'll be located on the square in Covington, and we'll have new and used vintage books and records. And last but not least, if you need help with social media marketing, email uh, stuff, website design, drones, Josh will help you with Masonite Digital Marketing. Just visit MasoniteMarketing.com. Now joining me today is a guest who has been on the show before with us, and uh, that uh, good luck finding that footage. But anyway, <laughs> Ryan McCrory, McCrary, McCrory, McCrory, yeah. And uh, he is a fellow martial artist, but also a big time actor. And he actually lives in L.A. I-, I was lucky enough to see you a year or so ago when we visited L.A. We visited San Diego and drove up to L.A. Um, anyway, obviously a very good-looking gentleman. You can show him, Josh. Look, look how look debonair. <laughs> Is his white shirt yeah. too much for the? <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. It makes you look, uh, you know, you're, you're buffed, yeah. beefed up. So how's it going? Man, it's great. Things are good. I'm happy. I got to see you actually while I was in town. I was telling Josh, I was like, hey, I'm going to be in town for a week. It'd be fun mm-hmm. to like get on the show again and stuff, and especially after everything with the last episode and stuff. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to have you back. And uh, you know, I was excited to see you in LA. And I know you've done you've, you've got and you got stuff you can talk about. I'm sure now um, you've done movies. You do uh, was it Blue Line? Blue Line Blue Pictures. Line yeah. Pictures, yeah. And it's very good quality stuff too. Thank you. Um, the last one that you did, it's the one you gave me the shirt on, was really good. I forget. And and then you had one with your uh, kung fu instructor or kung fu sifu, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah that one was Shaolin Blues. We did that in 2021. Yeah. And that one had my instructor in it at Bay Shaolin Kung Fu Institute mm-hmm. in Memphis. And then some other people from the school, they mm-hmm. like helped out with that. Um, and then since then, we did another, Josh and I did another Cowboy Bebop fan mm-hmm. film later, late 2021. And then I actually didn't release a film uh, all of 2022, mm-hmm. which was kind of, I didn't like that, but <laughs> you know, some things happened. We shot a film, we shot two films in 2022. Mm-hmm. They were just got held up in posts and none of them got released. Uh, the first one was Fist of Fortune, which was a Kung Fu action comedy, which I hadn't done before mm-hmm. the comedic side. And that came out uh, August this year, I believe. It's on the, the Blue Lion Pictures YouTube channel, but that's out now for mm-hmm. anybody who can watch. And then the other one was called Bloodline, and that one we're almost finished with post-production. We're wrapping that one up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you just got back from China, or were in China? I was, yeah, yeah. I went to, uh, first time leaving the country over an ocean, you know? Sure. So it's the first time in Asia. Uh, I went to Beijing to participate in the first ever Jackie Chan stunt camp that's run nice. by members of the Jackie Chan stunt team, which was like so cool. It focused on uh, specifically like fight choreography and action filmmaking mm-hmm. and martial arts in 
movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's really not any group better. And there, for people that don't know, they're world renowned, like Jackie Chan and his stunt team. Well, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, for what they do, even in so in the martial arts circles I'm in, we were aware of them and their mm. stunt crew. There's a there's a stunt crew in the organization I'm in, and they have actually trained where you're talking about where you went. So mm. Josh is going through some photos. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was all at his own like private facility that I think he lived at mm -hmm. during COVID and stuff. And yeah. so like it was cool to go through and you see all the movie posters on the wall and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he even had all his trophies. We saw his Oscar. Did you get a meeting? No. no. I didn't get to, that was it. That wasn't promised. Like they, they said like before you sign up, like because like uh -huh. I think I guess when they advertised the camp, there was a lot of like, you know, fanboys that were like submitting and stuff who didn't really like weren't in that field and yeah. they were like, we can't say we're just going to say that he's not going to come. I mean, he might show mm -hmm. up, but he was working on a movie or something. And I don't know if he was in Shanghai or wherever, but he wasn't even in the, the city. But mm -hmm. we did get to meet a lot of members on his stunt team and people that have worked with him mm -hmm. for years. Like uh, the, the main instructor, uh, Jun, he's fifth generation Jackie Chan stunt team. And he kind of oversaw the whole thing. And it was just, it was, it was life changing. You know, it was like, I just felt like a sponge, like I was trying to absorb, like they're just dropping little nuggets mm -hmm. of wisdom like every day. And it was a seven day intensive like camp. And yeah. like you wake up, you eat breakfast, and then you go to the training facility, you're there like all day until dinner time. And mm -hmm. then they would give us some homework or something and we'd go, we were paired up in groups and have to work on a little film project or something. We'd be editing all night and then get up, do it again. And it was, it was just really, really cool. I feel like I learned a lot and I want to take those things I learned and implement them into my action films now that I'm back here. Well, so in, in LA, and I know you're doing, uh, trying to do leading man stuff too, but on the stunt side, have you looked at that as an option to do some, cause I, what I've, and reason here's why I ask. So I've known some people again in this world and it seemed it's very selective, like to be in that group. Once you get in there, you're in, but it's mm -hmm. hard to get into. It's, I feel like it is a little bit like, it's like a, uh, I guess you call it like a boys club. It's like yeah. you got to know somebody mm -hmm. and then he'll bring you in and you do a good job. And then it's kind of word of mouth. You know, it's still kind of like uh, an old school type of like business in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, the thing that sucked is I, I moved to L.A. and I was thinking, OK, COVID's wrapping up. Like they're going to start making movies again. And then like strike mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, not a lot of people are doing stuff right now. And it's just kind of I, I feel like. It's been cool the people I've gotten to meet and stuff, and I have met some people in that world. And, and hopefully, once they start making movies again, maybe that I could get into some of that stunt work mm. and stuff. But also, I'm like, I don't know if I need to live here mm -hmm. for like to to do this thing. Like, I think I could, you know, travel back and forth. And California is just so expensive, and I, I kind of feel like because of the strike and things, it just feels like indie filmmaking may be the future of yeah. what filmmaking is. You know. Well, so Michael Moe is a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. and he lives in, I want to say, oh, I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, 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 we yeah were talking he played about Bruce him. Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he lives in like Iowa. Well, the point was, he doesn't live in L.A., and yeah. he's, I mean, I don't know that he's A-lister yet, but he's been in the movies with A-listers. Yeah. Uh, he was in Inhumans and played in the Marvel Universe. I forget which character it was, the, the, the lizard-looking one or something. Or fish looking one, I don't remember anyway. <laughs> but my point is, he's doing great, you know. Yeah. And uh, he trained in the the other organization we were in with. I don't know if it's the same group of guys you did, but they were Jackie Chan stunt guys, and mm -hmm. that sort of opened the door for him to get in with mm -hmm. some of them. And it's kind of like a an empire. I mean, they mm -hmm. have, it's become like this huge business. You know, it used to be just stunts. I met a guy named Jerry Lau. He's Kung Fu Jerry on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Really cool guy. He was doing some of the teaching while we were there. He's not a member of the Jackie Chan stunt team, but he's under their management as an 
actor. So mm. he's a martial artist, but they manage him as an actor because he does that stuff too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it just feels like that it's just growing into this. I mean, it was already huge, but just bigger empire. I mean, you, you go to the training facility, they were really secretive about where it was. We couldn't post, mm -hmm. you know, our like walking there from the hotel or like it's all walled up so you can't see inside. But then you get in and it's like, everything's Jackie Chan. Like they had Jackie Chan napkins, Jackie Chan <laughs> sewer plates, you know, just like, I mean, you would love it. You'd probably, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a future of kick and lawyer having yeah, a facility. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> like all, all the, the marketing and stuff, yeah, but yeah. it was um, super, super cool. And yeah, I just, all those guys are top notch and they just, you know, have years and years of experience. It's really interesting too, like the, the mentality in China of filmmaking versus here in America, mm. it does feel more kind of like the way they described it, the independent film scene, because like here it's become, you know, if you work in a union film, you get hired and you do that job. Like if you're on a stunt team and you're like a wire puller for a stunt, they're going to do, you are the wire puller and that's all you do for the day. You do anything else, you're going to get in trouble mm -hmm. and stuff where like, in China, they're a lot more low budget and it's kind of like all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. And like when you're on the stunt team, you're like either a, I think it's like a stunt performer or like, a, and then like a stunt artist or something. And you can, you'll be doing the stunt one minute or then you'll move over to wire pulling or you'll do this or you'll do that. Or maybe you'll help, you know, change a light bulb and climb up something. You know, they, they just, it's kind of a all hands on deck mentality. Just like independent film. No, literally, yeah. It's like the same kind of thing. And, and But I like that, you know, because it feels like you're more involved in the creative process and you're not just like sitting around waiting all the time and just like, okay, come do this one thing we brought you out here to do and then, okay, now go back and sit down. And um, It's really neat. I would love to go make a movie in China one day. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I would think there may be an opening for that because you're a Westerner, you know? Maybe. I need to work on my Chinese. <laughs> now, that's, now, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. difficult. So I told you I went to Beijing. I, yeah. I actually went to China twice uh, with the U.S. Taekwondo team. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Taekwondo, you know, is my root system. And so mm -hmm. I got to go to Korea three times, and that was, of course, a huge deal. So I'm curious, with you being a Chinese stylist primarily, what was it like for you to get to go to the motherland there? I mean— it was really cool. I mean, I did enjoy it. I think I still, bucket list thing, I know it's kind of become Kung Fu Disneyland, but I would like to see the Shaolin Temple yeah. one day. So that would feel more like a Kung Fu pilgrimage for mm -hmm. me. This was sort of just more like I flew into Beijing, got to the hotel, and then was just like, in. we only had two tourism days. The rest of the time I was just in the camp. Yeah, so I yeah. didn't really get to explore a whole lot. But, um, but it definitely was like a culture shock because all the other places I went, I could find people that like spoke English and stuff there, you know, mainland China, they all speak Chinese and, and, and you know, I'd get yeah. in cabs and it's, it's crazy. Uh, all their currencies, like mainly digital now, like you can do cash, but hmm. most of them, they want you to have an app to pay. So I would like take a cab somewhere and I had terrible phone service and stuff. And I'm trying to pay this guy on Alipay or whatever I was using. And, uh, and it's like, I'm trying to, he's waving this, uh, QR code at me and yelling at me in Chinese. I have no idea what he's saying. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And it's like loading. I'm trying to show him. And yeah. I, luckily, I didn't get in a situation where I couldn't pay the guy, but there was a few stressful ones where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. We're in traffic. He's trying to get me out of this car. My phone won't pay. And it, finally it did, but it, I got a little nervous that I was, I don't know. I don't know what you do in that situation where a cab drives you somewhere and then you can't pay him. Like, do they drive you back? <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know. know. In China, yeah. I'd be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying do. to do whatever they told me. I mean, oh, even the airports were crazy. You know, I'm sure you'd be interested in this, but you get there and when you're going through customs or whatever, they scan your fingerprints and face scan hmm. and everything. And so they, they've got all my stuff. I yeah. Mean, well, you know. when I went, uh, they didn't do any of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a lot. I went to China in 99 mm -hmm. and again in 02. Um, okay. And when we went, 
were we were there as a group, so I think mm-hmm. that was a little safer. You were there solo. I was. I got. We were responsible for getting there ourselves, mm-hmm. but then they would get us from the airport to the facility, and then I was with a group okay, the rest of the yeah, time. Yeah. But it was just getting there and then leaving. Yeah, um, everywhere we went, we had someone that was a, a China, spoke Chinese fluently. There was some yeah. tour guide we had. Uh, North Korea was different. North Korea was was scary. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, because the people are, you can't be around the people. And then they assigned us a communist escort in North Korea. And they weren't nice either. They were like, uh, they literally told us in North Korea when we got there that we hate all Americans. That's what they said. They said, you're only here because you do Taekwondo. That's it. And it was mm-hmm. not like welcome to our country or it was like, and they even told us literally in the first hour the communist escort guy told us that in five years they would conquer our country, that they would take us over. <laughs> I was well, like, it's been it's 20, been a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's been 20 <laughs> Good years. Good luck with that. I went, to North, I went to North Korea in 99. But my point was, yeah. when I went, no, it was still all, they liked American money too. Like yeah. you could pay with American money because they would hold it till the, the market had, you know, increased mm. with the value of the dollar and then trade it. Because it, is it yuan in China? It's yuan in China. Yuan in... So uh, I had a layover... Yuan in China, I think. They've, they've got the, the Chinese yuan or whatever it's yeah. called, but they also call it the RMB, I think. The Chinese RMB. Um, and then Hong Kong has their own dollar too, so that's kind of yeah, different. It was confusing. I still have yeah. a few of them. Because I think Korea was yuan, mm-hmm. and I think China was yuan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then North Korea, of course, had their... We don't... They took anything we had... North Korea was weird because when you, I don't know how they do it now. I haven't traveled abroad in so long. But in, in when I flew into China, they stamped the passport, right? You yeah. get in. In North Korea, they didn't stamp the passport. They took a like a separate sheet of paper and stuck it in. Mm-hmm. And then when you left, they took it out like to try to show, like so that you couldn't say you had been there or something. I, I don't know. Oh. It was super weird. Yeah, they're really um, uh, private. But, <laughs> but we got to do a lot of touristy stuff, which I enjoyed. Yeah. We mm-hmm. saw the Forbidden City. We went to the Great Wall twice. Mm-hmm. Um I got to go to the Shaolin Temple. Oh, did nice. I tell you last time about getting whipped by a Shaolin monk? You did tell me. Was yeah. that like in like a subway or it something? It was in like the street. Was, oh, the street. Yeah, 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 we were just walking along, and they were over there, and I was all, you know, I'm number one in the world, taekwondo, and uh, paid the guy five bucks, and he just whipped my tail up and down the street of Beijing. Some just nobody Shaolin <laughs> monk guy, which was good lesson because yeah. you can't underestimate people. But, mm-hmm. but I have a ton of respect, and I think we talked last time too that is it Kevin Miller – that's who's your that, seafood? Yes, yeah. So I, I think did I tell you about that when I trained with him briefly? You did. We talked a little. I mean, you could mm-hmm. refresh. It's been a while. No, but I, yeah. I, I don't have to go through it again. But yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with the Chinese systems and have a lot of respect for them. And mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, I just figured you being a Chinese stylist. For those that don't know, back in the day, not so much now, but back in the day, if you were a karate guy, you didn't really care much for kung fu guys who didn't really care much for taekwondo guys because they were all sort of different systems. Mm-hmm. But post-UFC from the 90s, fast forward now, that doesn't really happen a lot. Most people are doing some combination of everything anyway. But yeah. I, I still, um, yeah, I'm still a Korean stylist. That's the system that I'm best at, like mm-hmm. I would assume. So do you, in, in L.A., are, I know you're still training. Are you doing Shaolin Kung Fu still? Or I am. You? So I, right now I'm training at the Shaolin Temple Cultural Center. It's mm-hmm. in Temple City, which is like outside of Pasadena. It's kind of in that area. And, uh, yeah, I really like it. It's um it's different than what I was learning in Memphis, but it's kind of like any martial art. You know, you learn your like horse stance and some mm-hmm. of the basics, and then you can like apply that to every other thing. So it's it's been neat, and I've enjoyed seeing like a different you know perspective on this thing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but th- but they are directly connected with the U.S. Buddhism organization and mm-hmm. the Shaolin Temple. So like it's pretty direct connection, but mm-hmm. it's also very like uh, commercialized. Mm-hmm. I would say you know. 
Um, but but I yeah, my, I have some really good teachers there, and I, I've enjoyed my time. There. Yeah. Well, you probably need some of the commercial stuff anyway, more wushu based for movies, mm-hmm. I would think. Then yeah, it's just like in fighting, a lot of actual fighting techniques that are effective do not look good on film because mm-hmm. they're super short or fast and. You know, yeah. so you gotta you gotta have the movie martial arts side of it too. I would love to do some like true wushu, like go to mm-hmm. a school and, and learn some of that. Like mm-hmm. I think that would be really really cool. But yeah, at my school they do some of that, but not too much. I think I would need to go to like a specific mm-hmm. wushu place. But I, I like it. Yeah, it's real it's real showy and good for the movie stuff. And kind of you almost feel like you have to be a gymnast too. Like some oh yeah, of the a lot of that stuff you do. Yeah. So I never learned in the taekwondo. There's not a whole lot of flipping. Now, they've started to add some that people think is Taekwondo, but there's no flipping in Taekwondo. Now, there would be this spinning. So we mm-hmm. would do a lot of spinning like this. You know, like being able to do 720s and 540s and stuff like that is kind of a cornerstone of advanced Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. But the whole inversion thing is sort of a newer thing that they started adding for demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about culture shocks, though, and we might have talked about this last time. I don't remember. But L.A., yeah. how's that been for you, being a Tennessee boy going to L.A.? I mean, I you know, it, there's a lot of cool things. I, I enjoy the like the food and the diversity. It's really neat. You know, I'd never live somewhere where you go to different parts of town and you hear people like with accents or speaking different languages mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, uh, there's there you'll never run out of things to do. You know, I've yeah. been there about a year and a half, and there's my list is still long mm-hmm. <laughs> of like all the things I have yet to go do or yeah. make time for. Um, but it is you know what everybody tells you. There's like a ton of traffic. It's really expensive. Um, and yeah, with the strike going on, it's just like, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't quite what I had hoped Mm -hmm. it would be, but I don't regret it at all. It's been a really great experience. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. man. I think that uh, everybody needs to broaden their perspectives and it's good. What is the, what is the saying? It's like, everybody should live in New York for a year or something, but leave before they get too hard and live in LA uh, but not so long they get soft or something like that. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's appropriate now. When we were there, it was so many homeless people. Oh, that's everywhere. They they yeah. are everywhere. now. That's of course downtown. But well, um, no. Even like I live in uh, Studio City, which is like North Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. like in the the valley. But you know, near my house, I still see there's a couple little encampments and stuff. And yeah, it's just. It's kind of like living in The Walking Dead, to be honest. Like it's like you know, like it, like like at night, I'll be walking my dog, and it'll be dark, and it'll be like eerily quiet. And I'll hear something, and there'll be like a coyote, and then I'll like look the other way, and then there's a guy like like shuffling <laughs> down the street. You know, he's got like a bum leg or whatever. And you know, it's just a homeless guy. But in the dark, you're kind of like, ooh. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know when you met us that day. You didn't go with us to Venice Beach, did you? No, did no, no. I met split ways. I, I or think. Was that- after he met us over there on the what was it? Was we it were on Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard where yeah. we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I don't, did you guys do Venice after? I think so. Okay, yeah, then yeah, then yeah. yeah, we split ways. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know Venice Beach was like crackhead central. Yeah, you know, I was excited because I see the Arnold stuff. So being a Tennessee boy, oh, I was like, and I'm a huge Arnold fan. Yeah, I was like, we're gonna go there. We're gonna see Muscle Beach and all that. And it's like crackhead beach. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's what it is. It's yeah. I mean. You know, there's there is the history and a lot of really cool stuff there, but yeah, it's pretty. Uh, you gotta just ignore some of that or be careful at night. Well, and, it's also easier to buy drugs than to buy a contact lens. No, that's true. Well, yeah, there's we, there's <laughs> weed stores about on every corner. It's so like, you may not have known this because it might have been after we talked with you, but we did a, we went surfing with my son and his seal friends in San Diego. In San Diego, okay, we, and I lost a contact while trying to surf. Well, mm-hmm. I hadn't brought backups, and without my contacts, I'm blind. So um, the next day, we tried to buy a contact, one contact or two or whatever, 
I even tried to book like with an optometrist literally anywhere in the California area to get some contacts because we still had a few days and, and I couldn't see. And uh, nobody, nobody would see us. It's like super regulated. You can't do it without A, B, and C happening for a contact lens. But you could buy mushroom chocolates and weed and coke, whatever, on the street right there. And yeah. Nobody's saying anything. I was like, this is so rever so reversed from what you think it should be. It is pretty wild because, you know, a lot of people, I, I hear when we talk about like healthcare in the U.S. and stuff, they make the argument like, oh, well, here, you know, you don't, in those other countries, you have to wait so long to get seen or whatever. Mm -hmm. In California, it's like that. It's like you make an appointment, they're like, all right, we'll see you in a few months. Or it just feels like it's like. Yeah, it takes forever to do anything, yeah. you know. Well, I, and you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, but, of course, here we hear about all the flight from California, especially L.A. Yeah. Um, and some of it's politically influenced, but, you know, like everyone's idol, Joe Rogan, you know, relocated to Austin. Yeah. Uh, I think Elon Musk has even uh, run out of there. Have you felt like taxes are bad? Or was there, you know, what about living in California? I mean, obviously cost of living is higher, but... Like, have you had any trouble with any issues you feel like were just because the government's running it a certain way? Um, I don't think I've been there long enough to really feel the effects mm -hmm. of that other than, like, my cost of living mm -hmm. and, and the cost of gas and food. You know, just everything, like, going out is just so much more expensive. Like, I'm here, and, like, I'm filling up my car or whatever, and it's, like, $3 <laughs> a gallon. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to take some of this home. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, because like, it, there it's, like, around 6 right now, and it uh -huh. just, oh, it kills me. So um, I, I feel like I feel it in the, the everyday stuff, but I haven't been there long enough to really experience the like uh, like the taxes and some of the other sides of it. It's interesting you've had that observation as far as the work as an actor, because, you know, Atlanta is a huge hotbed now mm -hmm. for uh, people in, in that industry. And then even Nashville, I think, is picking up some. Yeah, they get a lot of work filming. there. So are you part of a union or is like, how no, does it work? Do you have an agent? Like, how do you get work? Do you just apply or? So I, I, I technically still have an agent in Memphis, mm -hmm. which I'm with Colors Talent Agency and they, they cover like the, the Southeast region. Yeah. And so before, you know, they would submit me for stuff or whatever. And I would, you know, send in auditions or whatever. And it used to be when I first signed with them in like 2016, which is crazy how much like, COVID has changed how even we do auditions just in a mm -hmm. few years, but like they would call me into the office, I would come in, they had a setup and I would record an audition. And mm -hmm. that was like pretty normal. Well then after the self tape became even, it was already a thing, but it became even bigger of a thing. Then they expect, okay, well you need to have gear at home and you have to do it all yourself. So they would just email me an audition with the instructions. I would record it and I would send it back to them and then they would send it to the casting director or whatever. But when I moved to LA, I told them, I said, hey, you know, I." I I'm not like ending the contract, but I'm not going to be around for small stuff. If it's a big enough project, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Obviously I'll come back for work, mm -hmm. um, but I won't be around for like everyday stuff. Um, and then as far as in LA, I do not have an agent there yet, but that's on my goals of things. Uh, things, uh, ways I found to get on sets has been, yeah, like word of mouth, meeting people online. There's a lot of like, I'm in a Facebook group that's like LA non-union actors and they'll post casting calls all the time. It's kind of like how I met Josh mm -hmm. uh, in Memphis. Like there's like a Memphis film community page. And so there's like resources online that you can kind of use to, uh, you know, meet people and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just like, there's no really one direct way to get into the industry. It's kind of like, you gotta try your best. And as far as getting an agent, uh, what I found is you either can like submit usually online or like if you meet them somehow at like a networking event or on a set or someone re refers you, then they'll reach out to you and then you can audition with them or send them your reel. And then if they want to 
bring you on their will. So I would like, in a perfect world, it'd be cool to have an LA agent, but not live in LA. Yeah. And so I could submit, and then if I booked a gig, I could go out there. So that's sure. kind of on my, my goals right now. I got you. Mm-hmm. So near future, you, you said just the one film is coming out? Yeah, so I have another film. It's called Bloodline, and mm-hmm. I filmed it in Memphis uh, last December, so I came in town for that. I was in town for a few weeks, and we shot over four days. Um, and it, this was kind of a new genre for some more photos. Yeah, for Blue Line. But yeah, that's uh, that's some behind the scenes. We filmed at the Evergreen Theater. I think that's in Midtown. I'm not exactly sure, but it's in Memphis. And uh, um, anyways, it was a lot of fun, but it was kind of a different thing. I brought on my buddy Brandon Russell. He directed it, and he kind of does a lot more like dramatic films. And this, we, we, it was kind of like a very like we wanted to go for the thriller vibe. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of. Uh, like a more suspenseful, like where I, I've done these like action or like, you know, kind of campy fun things like this. This is a really like it's kind of a darker mm-hmm. movie, which was fun. It was a challenge to try something a little different. And uh, I, yeah, we're wrapping up post-production right now. Actually, this Thursday, I'm going to be on Bluff City Life with Gina Neely and we're going to play uh, a clip. We have oh, a, cool. we have a little like teaser clip that's going to be the first look at the movie. And so I'm excited to share that with everyone. I'm hoping We'll finish it in November, and then we should uh, we'll do probably a, like a private screening for cast and crew and mm-hmm. people like friends and stuff. And then we're gonna try to put it in film festivals and stuff. So, and I think that's a film. You know, Josh and I have talked lots about what films do well mm-hmm. in uh, film festivals, and I, I'm hoping that this is a film that will like cater to the artistic film festival curators yeah i have i have a term for it i won't say on air right knows what it is what I, yeah what i call the movies that typically go through film festivals well that's because you like michael bay though yeah right. <laughs> honestly josh i don't pick on you about it because the movies are your thing but come on man like transformers yeah, michael, michael bay is hey look michael bay is way better you just like transformers because megan fox uh, was in it well, yeah, that's true course. that was it was yeah. at a pivotal time in josh's life yeah. he's going through puberty <laughs> yeah. and just saw that movie it shaped yeah. me what can i say yeah. uh if people want to see the film or find out more about you where can they go okay so it to, to find out about it you can we have a website now that josh helped me with the mm-hmm. masonite digital marketing it's bluelinepictures.com mm-hmm. or you can follow us on social media anywhere facebook Instagram, Twitter. I'm on TikTok. It's under my name, but I post Blue Lion Pictures stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our YouTube channel, Blue Lion Pictures. You can look it up. It's youtube.com uh, slash at Blue Lion Pictures. Um, and so we're going to be posting after the news segment this week. We'll post the first look clip. We're going to do a trailer. And then we will update people once it's in the festival circuit. And then it will go on the YouTube page. And that's where it'll live after it's had a short festival run yeah and some of the other stuff they can see on that page too i assume right yes yeah we've got stuff we've got uh cowboy bebop well the cowboy bebop's on the mason studio channel yeah but i have a link i I thought it had the logo on it the blue line it It does it does so so you all did it together we worked out yeah we just did a deal where he basically produced and directed those movies exclusively for my channel so i basically handed ryan money and i said ryan go make awesome content for me for my channel (laughs) tens of dollars tens of dollars yeah he got tens of dollars for that yeah yeah josh (laughs) was the the executive producer so that's how we worked out the arrangement was that it would live on the mason studios channel and then blue line pictures was like the other production company yeah so that was that was it was a cool arrangement it worked well because you know he has the the fan film audience and Mm -hmm. so i thought that would be a better place for those shorts to live and Mm -hmm. you know for people to see them and enjoy them um but i've got uh three yeah, three other films right now that are on the Blue Lion Pictures YouTube channel that people can watch, and it also links to 
Josh's channel. So you'll be able to find them all if you go there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like, look at Josh's wonderful fan films or uh, or the Blue Lion Pictures page. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. The uh, uh, There's another question I was going to ask you. It's based on one of those pictures he showed. Now I've forgotten what it was. Oh, well, one question I'd ask is, so what's your, what is your, like, ult- and I ask this question, let me preface the question. So I, I read all the time. That's why I'm doing this bookstore now. Uh, everything that I do personally has to be a passion somehow. You so, have a lot going on. I've well, seen. so I'm out of the restaurant, right? I sold I, I, out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But the restaurant was because I like steak and bourbon and yeah. to wear fedoras. So yeah. it was like, that's because that's a passion, right? Yeah. Everything's got to be a passion. I got the two martial arts schools because I did martial arts my whole life. And I do the books and records because if I do actually relax, I'll sit in here. They make fun of me. But I light a vanilla candle. I listen to some old blues or R&B album, and I mm-hmm. read a book. So like, that's what I enjoy reading. And I keep a book journal of all the books I read. Anyway, right now I'm reading Arnold's new book that just got released. Oh, nice. And uh, his first chapter is about vision, which I mean, anybody that's successful will tell you that that's important to have a vision mm-hmm. and to make sure that you're daily uh, and weekly reflecting on, did I do things today that are steps towards this vision? What's this ultimate goal? And so like Arnold even did, kind of like you're doing, he came in uh, as a bodybuilder to the U.S., then all of a sudden he was an action star, and then from an action star, which is what you've been doing, he started diversifying. He did comedy and stuff like that. Anyway, my question is, what's the long-term goal? Like, where is Ryan in 10 years? Boy, well, I would love for Ryan in 10 years to, like, be making money off of Blue Lion Pictures. <laughs> that, that would be, like, a great 10-year goal. I really want in the next five years to have produced and, and made a feature film. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I'm working towards. I want to shoot that in Memphis. Um, but I want to make a feature film because I feel like that's the next step from mm-hmm. short films. And, and then just, like, establish myself as, like, an action actor and... Uh, and a producer of my own content. So, and that, and it's, it's weird because like, I feel like, you know, when you used to be like, a, like in the, like 20 plus years ago, if you were like a director or a filmmaker, that was a very specific thing. But now it feels like filmmaker and content creator are very like yeah. synonymous. So, you know, they, they kind of, it's almost one in the same now. Mm-hmm. Cause not only do you have to like make a good movie, but then you have to make reels to like promote it and post and thing. And you're like promoting, it, it's all like, uh, where it was like maybe several people's jobs before it's all become like everyone's expected to have mm-hmm. all the the skill sets to do this thing. Yeah, you know, in music, so the book and record store, I'm thinking about putting a recording studio in it, and I sort of delved into the production, music production world with my son's band, that NA the band's my son's, mm-hmm. and we even took them to Nashville to record an album, and I got into that for a while on how it was as a business. And one of the things I learned from a lot of the producers was one of the things they look at isn't talent first. It's what's your following. Yeah. You know, they look to see if you already have an established brand that they then can kind of piggyback off of. And, you know, you need some talent. But it's interesting that that's not the primary driver. Oh, no. Well, it's like, I guess the thing is we have so many people in the world. And, like, as you know, like, there's people that are very, very talented that Mm -hmm. no one will ever hear of. Because they're in, like, you know, middle of nowhere. They they aren't a good marketer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's... The following is so important, man. Like, I feel like I could never practice acting again and just stay the, the same. But if I got a million followers on Instagram, I would work at all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? And it wouldn't matter, you know, because they'd be like, oh, this, these are built in, like, customers, basically, that will view whatever we attach him, mm-hmm. you know, on this thing. So, it, it, yeah, you kind of have to have both things. And, and some, sometimes, you know, 
one thing can take time away from the other thing as you're, I don't know, but I think it's all good because the more you understand it can be independent, I think is, is helpful too. Cause that's yeah. also what I see with the future of the independent film thing. So like what I want with the blue line pictures is like ownership of my films. So like, I'm not worried about if there is a strike or if there is a thing that like, Oh shoot, how am I going to make money? Or I'm out of a job. It's like, well, I'm in charge of my own, you know, business and the future of that business and what we do and stuff. And I think, you know, with, I would like for that with Blue Lion Pictures, you know, and like to, to build that following and stuff. So I always have that. And so I'm not like dependent on another person for work. Cause I feel like acting is kind of like that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you go and audition all the time and you're like, oh, please, you know, I really need this job or I want this part or like this would be perfect. But it's like, why don't you go create that part or that job mm-hmm. for yourself? And then, you know, cause, cause people don't just give you stuff, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I, I don't know, I just, that's the way I look at it. I think you need to be, Take some accountability with that. Well, I think also though it it's uh, helps you be better for those auditions or you know what I mean. Like I I think it's important. I think it's a good uh, a good thing that everyone can take away is that whatever you're wanting to be, it's important to understand a lot of the aspects of it. Kind of like a law firm. Like if I just know how to be a lawyer and I don't understand how the intake process works or what the paralegals are doing or how to pay the light bill, you know, like there's components that I have to understand. And then I think that all gives you better perspective um, for an employer uh, or director or whoever's doing the auditions uh, to be like, oh, because then you understand more where they're coming from. Oh, you're 100%. I mean, it's the same exact thing in acting. Just the, the easiest example is if you're an actor and let's say you've done like you know, theater your whole life or something, mm-hmm. and then you go to do a film. If you don't understand how a camera works or how to cheat to the camera or how to like, you know, help them out when they're trying to film whatever you're doing, it's gonna it's gonna make everything take a little longer. Mm-hmm. It makes you yeah better at your job if you understand their job and what they're doing, so you guys can work. The, the acting together. is significantly different too for film compared to theater. It's theater, yeah. you're trying to project, and you can always tell I have actors come on a movie and they're traditionally theater actors who haven't done a lot of film. They're always trying to project out as if there's an audience. I'm like, there's no audience. It's just the camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Josh know? can probably say even the first movie I did with him, I hadn't done a lot of film at that point, and I had done a lot of theater, so I was <laughs> doing a lot of that when we first worked together, too. I don't know. You did, um, you did great on the first one. I have worked. No. There have been some theater actors, though, I've worked with that they get out there and they start being like, hello, and they're trying. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's okay. You don't, have to, you don't have to do that. It's not a theater. <laughs> when when yeah. are you going back to uh, L.A.? Uh, uh, next week. So oh, well, weekend. in that case, if you want to see some, oh, some really good, <laughs> really good acting, <laughs> come to the Ruffin Theater. Because this weekend, uh, the Rocky Horror Show is doing its final performance, and it features myself and uh, my partner, Brian Huffman. Jeremy Armstrong is another local lawyer that's in it. And uh, my wife's the director, uh, Madeline. She did a great job. The whole cast actually is really good. What's interesting in this, so I've done this Rocky Horror thing now four out of the last five years. And I'm not an actor. I'm not like, well, I say that. Yeah, I kind of act in court, though. You know, like, if I'm being honest, we do performance in court. Because I have to sell sometimes arguments uh, that maybe I don't even believe in. I have to sell them to a jury. So you have to, it's arguably a higher standard because you have to convince them in order to protect people's rights. But in any event, it's similar to uh, in the play, but this play is different in that uh, it's a 
it's funny, you know. So I don't have to be a good actor. I just have to look stupid and play my part. But mm -hmm. if you would like to see a 44-year-old man in gold Speedos, you're welcome to come and uh, see the play. I have seen the pictures. It looks great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm trying to get Josh to come. Y'all could both come as my guest, and uh, we'll, we'll not dance on you. We'll dance around you. I, I yeah. would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I'll uh, sit in the back row. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an acquired uh, taste on the play. But if you guys are local and want to come see it, this is the last weekend to do it. So, so we'll see. Now, what days? It's this it? weekend, Friday, Saturday. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's Friday, Saturday at the Rough and right, right over here on the square. It starts at, I think, 8 p.m. Tickets are like 15 bucks, And they do need to get them in advance. It actually does uh, – I don't know that we've sold out, but it has gotten close the last few years. It's become kind of a local community thing for people to go see around Halloween. Yeah. Adults. It's not for kids. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's fun. I enjoy it. It, it forces me to – I lost 25 pounds this year for it. I have to lose weight to do it because, yeah. you know, nobody wants to see a fat Rocky. Um, so I enjoy it. Well, uh, I, I saw on Facebook, how, how's your leg doing? It's better. I'm yeah. still not 100%. Like, it's a year – Sunday was a year since I tore the hamstring. Wow. Yeah, and um, I know that you, you're so much younger than me. But, I mean, I was very elite level in martial arts. Like, I could do – up till the hurt the leg. Spinny, flippy, all kinds of stuff. Had fought professionally, all that stuff. I and mean, I was very physically involved, and uh, I like to think physically skilled. And I've been injured before, but this is the worst injury I've ever had that has derailed me the longest. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm probably 75%. Like, I can spar again, and yeah. I can kick again, but, like, to jump spin kick and stuff, uh, I, and I have not done the split since then. So I don't know where my flex – it's not near like it was. It takes a long time. I mean, I pulled my hamstring last year, mm -hmm. not, not as bad as you, but it, it, it did feel like I was derailed for, like, at least six months of just, yeah. like – all my flexibility immediately like shot yeah and just like i had to slowly you know get my strength back and yeah well I, I lost muscle i was down for like three months couldn't do anything and uh mm -hmm. i know that i i lost muscle and definitely flexibility what's interesting is where they attach the hamstring back to mm -hmm. uh it works but it is weaker and i'm very conscious of it it's like i can feel the mesh that's in there as i move the leg Oh. And, and then another thing is, in the process of rehabbing that, I tore my Achilles tendon on the same leg. So it's still messed up. My ankle is still swole from the Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. um, but in any event, it's fine. I'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, part of it is I'm older, and I also am judging myself by the standard when I was, like, your age. Yeah. And, you know, I got to accept the fact that I'm 44, you know. So it's all good. Uh, but, yeah, y'all can come and laugh at me in my gold Speedos at the Rocky Horror show if you want to. Uh, so in your, where's your family from? Is it, we talked about that before. Is it uh, so Hogerville, my, Bartlett? What, something like that? Well, I, my mom lives in Bartlett now, and, and my dad's in Lakeland. Um, but my dad grew up in Memphis and mm -hmm. was raised here, and then my mom's from California. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have family out there that I see now that I'm, like, living out there. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you, before this, you talked about you don't know. You might be here. You might be there. You know, uh, I think there's great opportunities for you here. And everybody here loves you. You know, I think you're uh, very talented. Everything I've seen, you do great. I don't know why you hang out with Josh, but I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Josh. All your stuff's wonderful. Like, hey, wait a minute. He was in my most highest viewed movie. What are you talking about? I know. About? That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really am, I, I think, you know, considering coming back. Because I, I would like, you know, I was training at Bay Shaolin. I think it'd be cool to finish out my black belt. Mm -hmm. I never got to that point. So, yeah. like. That'd be cool to finish out the system, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, well, not it's kind of the beginning of the sure, training, sure. but but to get to that, you know, yeah, level, I understand. Um, it's it's been a goal of mine. It's for like a, long a time. checkpoint you got to hit. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, and then also I do feel like the film industry is growing here, mm -hmm. and there's opportunity and stuff, and like because I feel like my priorities are shifting from like 
oh, I want to audition for other people's stuff to I want to make my own stuff. It's like this would maybe be a better place to do that because I'm finding now as I'm trying to like make a short film in L.A., it's really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> So I, if people wanted to help you or, or Blue Line Pictures to do that, is there a way for them to do that? There is. Okay. There's, I'm, I'm actually I'm doing a crowdfunding right now for that short film uh, that I want to shoot in L.A. It's called Takeout. And you can learn more about it and support our film if you go to seedandspark.com slash fund slash takeout hashtag story. Um, and it's, it's a great website. It's really, really cool. I, I had never done a crowdfunding before. Everything else I've done has been self-funded or like with Josh or someone like a friend who's helped me financially, mm -hmm. you know, with the project or will work out favors with someone who's like, okay, you can come film in our restaurant or whatever. Um, but this is the first one I'm like inviting, you know, the audience and friends and family to be a part of the movie. Cause that's what I want it to be. I don't want it to be like, Hey, give me money, you know, thanks later. You know, I want it to feel like I want it to be, we're all working together towards like a common goal. And like, there's, mm -hmm. there's something in it for, you know, those people too. Like they can, they have their name in the credits or they can see behind the scenes stuff. They can access to like learning more about the filmmaking process and mm -hmm. seeing like how at Blue Lion Pictures, we like make a movie. So I want to bring the audience in on this one. Well, you may have already thought of this, but you know, one thing that would appeal to me as a business owner and an arrogant marketer is if, you know, there was appropriate product placement you know, in the scenes. Oh, I could, so, I could arrange you know what I mean? that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying myself and other business owners, I can see them seeing value in that because it's effectively mm -hmm. advertising. Yeah. You know, where, oh, this person's wearing this kicking lawyer thing or this person's got, you know, a reading a book that's got a bookmark from Jam Book and Records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like things like that where it's appropriate product placement. Then they cross promote it too. So now people are seeing your stuff because they're sharing those, potentially those scenes to promote their own stuff. But that's another thing. Uh, that I think would be a good marketing idea. Well, anyone out there who wants to collaborate mm -hmm. and have their stuff in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I noticed Ed Doyle's watching, and he is, uh, I've been very impressed with him. He currently owns, I think it's like five Express Chevrolets around the area. Express okay. yourself, Ed Doyle. <laughs> and uh, he is a, also a genuinely good person. When I first met, he, I bring him up because he supports everybody, and he'd be a great one for you to meet and talk to. He's also a good mentor. Like He's a mm -hmm. really good business-minded person, I think. He even gives me direction on stuff. But when I first met him, I was like, this guy's something up. He's too good to be true because mm -hmm. he's like preaching on Sunday afternoons in the, the park for at-risk people to come to and feeding them for free out of his own pocket. And I'm like, well, wow. what's it got to be? a? There's something going on, something <laughs> yeah. he's trying to do. But uh, he's, he's genuinely, uh, I think, a good dude. Anyway, he's apparently watching, and he'd be a good one for you to talk to, too, for, for pointers, but also potentially for sponsorship. He's a good dude. Yeah, because like, I, I feel like the, the business aspect of – you know, filmmaking is where I'm trying to bridge the gap right mm -hmm. now because it's like, okay, I feel like I'm learning pretty well how to make a movie and like perfecting and honing that craft. Now it's like, okay, how do I turn that into, like you said, something people want to invest in or mm -hmm. that we can make a profit and so I can continue to like feed the machine and invest back into the movies versus like working my day job and then throwing all of that money, mm -hmm. you know, instead of having a savings account <laughs> yeah. into like films and stuff. Another thing I just thought of that could help that this is again local businesses i don't know that it would sell in la but i think here it would is you know for us you are a movie star you you've lived in la and lived the life you're an actor right and that uh you get paid to do spots to promote the individual businesses you know what mm, i mean like yeah. i do kicking lawyer stuff where i'm kicking I could always have you come in and be the kung fu guy you know to promote kicking lawyer stuff you know what i mean yeah. like is this something else that you could get yeah, into yeah you probably even credit that because you're really doing an ad and they're paying you for the ad for the appearance mm -hmm. but it's 
acting. It's a commercial. Yeah. So you'd be surprised the people that would do that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, locally. I, yeah, I'm open to anything. Michael Hamilton is also watching, and he also has a business and also does marketing and would also maybe be interested in supporting you. So uh, appreciate any of the local businesses to help him out. Tell him one more time where to go to find you, support you on all this stuff. And then I'll let you stop sweating and get out of here. No, it's okay. So you can go to seedandspark.com slash fun slash takeout hashtag story to learn about Takeout, the action comedy film that's Rush Hour inspired that I'm shooting in L.A. It'll be my first film in L.A. as a Memphis filmmaker. Nice. Um, and then if you want to learn anything else, you can also go to bluelionpictures.com or our YouTube channel to see our old films, learn about upcoming ones, who we are, what we are, kind of movies we make, etc. Sweet. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time to come see us. We're proud of you for being out there. I'm just proud of you for being amongst all them uh, politically diverse people in <laughs> L.A. So, Well, thank you, Jerry. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. So, I appreciate you having me back on. Oh, no problem. And this one will stay up. So anyway, and I thank all you guys for watching. As always, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the content. I always forget to ask you guys to follow the Kick and Lawyer stuff. Uh, I should do that more, but... If you don't, please do. I do all this stuff that you can make fun of, and it costs you nothing. So just follow and like and subscribe, and it helps us out. And then, of course, we're on TikTok. Um, I really do hope you guys go. I've never had any of you comment about the dances on here, and I'd like for you to go. and Probably give me... because there aren't any. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying is if they would go actually check, they would see that there, that there, are, there, are, no there dances. are no dances. And then, of course, there's uh, Noah in Austin. Noah is actually in the Rocky Horror Show this weekend. He plays Brad, does a great job, but download their album Inside My Head. And then Michelle Allen, as I mentioned before, is a longtime sponsor, would also probably be interested in sponsoring you guys. Uh, she's your go-to in area for buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate. And uh, I know her really well. She's a really good good person. Mason's Octane Martial Arts. I've run that place 30 years. We talked about that a little bit. Visit masonsmartialarts.com. We have a 30-year special right now. Uh, so just visit the website there, and you can check us out. And then Jam Book and Records. I am still taking, if you want to donate books, or I may even purchase them if the price is right, uh, we're buying uh, vintage books and records, and then we're also going to have new books and records there when that place is open. And then we also discussed briefly Masonite Digital Marketing. You just visit Josh's stuff, and he'll be glad to help you with uh, online branding, social media development, websites, commercials, etc. You can also check out Mason Studios. I think it's still up, which has got some of his other stuff that he does, and, uh, and give Josh a follow also. So appreciate you guys taking the time to watch us today. We try to be here every Tuesday with what I thought was going to be a pre-recorded podcast, but sometimes I guess it'll be live. I hope you have a good rest of your week. Keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.